This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. My name is Ben Sternke. I am one of the co-founders of Gravity Leadership. And this is a special episode of our podcast that is basically just a recording uh, of a pastor's panel that we did, um, a, kind of a webinar, a Facebook Live thing uh, a few days ago, and gathered uh, several pastors that, um, that we know that are part of the orbit uh, of Gravity Leadership, just to ask some practical questions about how they're responding to things these days. Seems like um, everything changes so quickly with COVID-19, uh, the pandemic, that uh, it's helpful to hear a bit about uh, what people are thinking about for Easter. Um, what are pastors, how, what are they doing for, how are they talking about giving? Um, what are they doing in terms of self-care, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, it was a great uh, panel. There's links to everybody's Twitter handles in the show notes, um, but we had small church pastors, got uh, Dan Sadler from New York. And so there's a lot of different contexts represented uh, on this pastor's panel. And so uh, we just wanted to put it out onto our podcast feed in case you missed it uh, or you don't have a Facebook account. So uh, enjoy this uh, recording of the pastor's panel. Uh, would you guys just kind of uh, one at a time, just kind of introduce yourself, uh, tell us where you're at uh, and, uh, and what you're doing and uh, just kind of how are things on the ground where you're at? I can jump in. Um, my name is Gino Kirkarudo. I'm pastor at the Table Philadelphia, which ironically is in Philadelphia. That's good news. <laughs> I know exactly where I am. Um, on the ground here, I mean, we're at stay at home like most people and places. So it's quiet in most areas, but not our neighborhood. We still have folks that um, hang out on the street corners. That's kind of the rhythm of life here, hard to um, change for lots of different reasons. So it's quieter, but it's still not silent around here in the streets. We haven't been hit by this yet as significantly as other major cities, it seems. Yeah. Thanks, Gino. Uh, Gino is cleanly shaven, which is uh, a new look. That is Normally true. this big beard. Looking well, that's good, in, in response to this as well, because uh, I work in healthcare. I'm bivocational. Oh, so yeah. if I have to wear a mask, I want to make sure that it works properly. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Good man. It's, good. it's good that you freely shave your beard uh, rather than taking to social media to talk about how you're under beard persecution. That's, that's, <laughs> that's actually a, 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 a sign that a of thing? your That's a sign of your character and uh, your love. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. I'm glad I could withstand that. 
Uh, I can go. My name is Dan Sadler. I am uh, in pastor in New York City of Mosaic Church. Um, it's a small family of churches there. And uh, it's, it's, it's dicey here right now. Um, so we're, we have one of our churches is in West Queens, which is um, kind of the epicenter of it right now in Elmhurst and Corona, uh, Sunnyside, Woodside, that area. And so it's uh, I think people are in a little bit of disbelief at how quickly this is spread. Um, so just a, a season of trauma and grief and disbelief, man. Uh, and Nate Pyle, I pastor in Fishers, Indiana. Um, so just north suburb of Indianapolis. Uh, similar, it, it's rather quiet in our suburb area. Uh, lots of people out on the streets walking and stuff, but everybody, when they see it coming down the sidewalk, venture off into the road or uh, up into yards and stuff. Uh, but a lot of people outside. Uh, the suburb is rather quiet right now, but uh, was talking with a uh, uh, guy in our church yesterday who is a firefighter and on the medic truck and they're beginning to take multiple calls daily now so it's it's starting to pick up here yeah dan in the city i'm hearing uh you you were saying a lot of cases of uh of people being sick and uh, a lot of people in your community and in your church you want to share just a little bit about that for us yeah, I mean, we. I think the last few days we've hit kind of the first wave of having a lot of loved ones in in pretty critical uh, condition and going to hospitals. I think the stat is close to like one of ten New Yorkers right now um, have, have tested positive. Um, so it's just hard, and there's a lot of, you know, we're in a we're in a space too where there's a lot of undocumented um, immigrants, um, and because of that, that has some implications too as to what kind of care um, they're getting, what kind of care they think they can get. Um, so it's just, it's hard. And New Yorkers are tough, man. There's a spirit of optimism, but it's 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 rough right now. A lot of extended family. That's uh, We're in kind of the first wave of just, holy smokes, like this is actually going to directly impact um, our families and our churches heavily. Yeah, yeah. Uh, keep praying for the city there. Uh, I'm in Atlanta, uh, and uh, we're just starting to have people in our community that are diagnosed um, and that are um, being confirmed that they do have uh, Corona and those kinds of things. So it's been uh, it's been interesting. Um, a lot of uh, struggles on how to self quarantine and whether to self quarantine, and a lot of people that are just completely ignoring the advice to uh, to quarantine. The governor shut everything down yesterday. Schools are done for the year, and those kinds of things. So just crazy stuff going on. And in this crazy season, uh, there is huge challenges for us in how we pastor and how we care. And uh, we're getting lots of questions from all over the country from folks. Uh, asking us about, hey, how do we how do we pastor through this time, and and how do we pastor through this season, and what does this look like for us? Uh, so I'd love to hear from you guys. What are you doing on the ground as far as just care structures for your church? Um, kind of how are you reaching out to the community and being uh, being a force for good in the midst of this? And, and even like, what are the daily rhythms or, or the rhythms of your church in this season that you're stepping into? So whoever wants to jump in uh, can share first. Um, 
I got, I think God was pretty gracious with us right before all of this hit. We, um, we did something. Hey, Kristen, we did something, um, where we split up our church and uh, we saw this at a, at a partner church in Singapore that was doing this, but we split up our church into like tribes where, um, we got into a size and with the transiency of people that are in and out of the city regularly, we were just like, man, people are going to fall through the cracks like crazy. Um, so how can we split this church or our churches up into kind of clans of 40 or 50 with three or four leaders that are over each, just asking the question, do I know who this, where this person is, how they doing spiritually, what can be their next step spiritually, emotionally. So we put that in place like a month prior to this hitting, which has been hugely helpful for checking in with our people. Um, so we got those going on and then, uh, structurally right now, eight to eight thirty AM every morning. We have a prayer gathering where people are piping in on Zoom Monday through Thursday night. Um, uh, we have different groups that are connected on on Zoom, different content, uh, different uh, age groups. Um, and then we went to live stream uh, on Sundays pretty quickly there. The, the beauty, the, the big gift has been kids, man. Kids ministry has been cranking online. Um, we got all our leaders online and I think our kids ministry maybe tripled in the last three weeks. Um, just because parents are like, give my freaking kid a place to connect. Now. <laughs> um, so it's been, it's been hard, but, but sweet. And I'm done with zoom meetings. I can't do it anymore. I'm so done with them. That's good, buddy. Uh, Nate, what about you? What's, uh, what's going on there in Fisher's? For you guys. Yeah, so similar. We had already uh, had our elders overseeing what we call careless. And so every elder is assigned, uh, you know, 15 to 20 families within the congregation that they are responsible for checking in and all of that. And we've had that in place, uh, but really picked that up. And in, in the last two weeks, every elder has called everybody on their care list and just checked in with them to make sure that they're doing all right and if they need anything. Uh, so that's one thing I personally have taken up the the lost art of letter writing. So I'm writing handwritten notes to every family in the congregation as another way of connecting with them, which has been a really great practice and has allowed me to pray over those families as I'm writing those letters, which has been really great. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we uh, we also paired up each uh, elder with a deacon. Uh, that way, if any financial needs come up within the congregation, because we've already had a number of families who have been affected financially with loss of jobs and that sort of stuff that they're connected with a deacon so they can get quick access to the benevolence funds and some of the other resources that are in our community for folks who, uh, who, who need help in that way. So uh, we've been doing some of that, some of the rhythms. Uh, we've made sure that uh, all our small groups uh, have access to whether it's Google Hangouts or Zoom or something like that so they can continue to meet. We've also kicked off some new groups regarding uh, sermon discussions or podcast discussions, book clubs, all of those types of things. Um, and then we, we also went to live streaming for our worship services on Sunday mornings and then are uh, uh, combining that with Zoom meetings to celebrate communion and some of those types of things as well. So Great. That's awesome, Nate. Very good. I love the letter writing idea. That's that's beautiful. A little yeah. Paul from prison, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. All I would say that was is, His man. method of quarantine ministry was, was letter writing. It's, yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Just prepare Kristen. your hands because we're not used to it. it yes, yes. Kristen, we're so glad you joined us. Uh, yeah, sorry yeah. I was late. That's all right. That's all right. We we realized we, we could only have six panelists. We didn't realize that. So we kicked Matt out 
Um, he was the most likely to be removed anyway for saying something inappropriate. So uh, we just we just were proactive in that and brought you in. Uh, Kristen, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us where you're at and uh, what your ministry is. Yeah, um, my name is Kristen Dooley. I'm in Westchester, Ohio. I am uh, the discipleship pastor at Anthem House Church. So I co-pastor that with Alton Alexander. He's our lead pastor. And um, we launched our church about three years ago. And actually, this would be about month five of us having our own building. So now we're like not even in the building that we're paying for. And we're so excited <laughs> to have. But here we are. Awesome. Awesome. And and how are things on the ground in, uh, in, in Ohio right now? How is your church doing? What, what's going on there on the ground? Um, I mean, I, well, Ohio has been pretty straightforward about everything. We're the first ones to kind of jump into the deep end. It seems like, um, so it's been really fun as a church to gather outside of that space and uh, to solve the problems of like what, what's really important right now. How are we going to get people in the word? How are we going to get people connected? What does worship look like? Um, so the, as a church, I think that the opportunities abound uh, for us to practice spiritual disciplines, for us to look like the actual church and um, our people have risen to the invitation to do that. So we do have some large churches in our area who I think have been asked to shut down because they haven't respected the governor's asking askings. So um, my personal conviction was let's be in people's reality. I don't, I know I can drive to the church and I know that we can, we can film and we can use all of our technology and everything that we have. But what if I am stuck at home with my people? And what if we figure out how to bring the gospel in, in their reality by being in their reality. And so we've kind of at, at Anthem, we've sort of opted to do that as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys have done, you have not live streamed. You've kind of pre-recorded your stuff, which is the same thing that, that we're doing and kind of tried to create a, uh, uh, like a Sunday kind of in-home worship experience for families. Can you yeah. tell, tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah. So we did live stream the first one. And then Ohio was just so quick to put, put the stay at home um, mandate on us that, that that was issued on a Sunday afternoon. And I remember after we had just live streamed and I called Alton, like, what do you think about writing our talks for the next two weeks and going up there and, and video pre-recording everything on Monday so that by Monday at 12 o'clock, we can be just like the rest of our people and we can you know, put ourselves under the same authorities that we're asking them to trust. And so that's what we did. We um, blew through some teaching and just trusted. I, mean, I remember like that, the conflicting feeling in me was I'm writing a talk that's not going to go live for seven days. And literally every 20 hours, we're changing everything about our environment right now. Mm -hmm. yeah, and so, so just, fluid, isn't it? just trusting the Lord that like he has a word for me, uh, that will be pertinent to our people in seven days. And Alton, even his is going to air on Sunday. So he had a word that had 14 days to still be pertinent. And uh, just knowing that like the time, how timeless the word of God is and how, when it did air on Sunday, we're like, Oh yeah, that's exactly, that was right. That was so the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, so we did that. So now we're back at the crux again of, Hey, we're still on this. I just talked to Alton this morning. Uh, what does it look like for you to come to my house and we can do this on our back porch for the next four weeks? We can pre-record all of the 
um, all of our talks and stuff like that. So I think we're working on that plan. Yeah, that's great, Kristen. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, Gina, what about you, bud? What are some of the care structures that you have created uh, yeah. in your place and daily rhythms that you guys are stepping into? Sure. I think um, what's helpful to know about us is that we're, we're pretty decentralized with three different communities with leaders, um, families that are leading those communities and individuals. So I've seen my role from the beginning of this church, so even predating this pandemic to be someone who creates environments for relationships or kind of identifies the, the environments that are already there, tend to God's presence there, invite people to participate as well. So that this pandemic presents us with an opportunity to see how do we need to recreate those environments, which environments aren't needed anymore, which environments aren't safe. So we've moved everything online. Um, obviously, that seems to be a wise thing to do. The first thing that we started doing that was different for us was a morning prayer time. Um, not that anyone wasn't praying before in the mornings, but just opening up the laptop and doing reading prayers um, and being silent together online was new for us. And it's been really beautiful and beneficial. Our communities are still gathering online. Um, the thing that I'm seeing that's really been great for care is that um, people are having more time right now, not everyone, but the, and, and they're the reality of what's actually going on in their hearts and their lives, their beliefs. It's like we're living with like a vice that's pressing out the reality mm -hmm. and they're reckoning with that. So they want time to talk that through, to process their Kairos. And so we're, we're jumping on FaceTime and other video formats just to say, hey, let's let's discuss this. And I've found like more spiritual growth in the people in our community happening because of that intentionality out of necessity um, in the last week than maybe the last couple of years. So mm -hmm. I would never wish this on anyone, but I'm, I'm thankful that people are taking that opportunity to to lean into that. Yeah, that's, really that's great. That's really good, Gino. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, uh, that's and I'll just jump in and say we, we've been doing something yeah. similar um, that I, I just think it's a good um, it's a good thing to highlight. Like we've been doing something similar in the sense that we ha we have like morning, midday, and evening prayer, and for the next two weeks leading up to Easter, we're doing it every day uh, mm. except, except Sunday. Um, and it has been interesting to see how that's been a pastoral care um, you know kind of initiative for us. Because it has everybody's kids' activities are canceled. People who live alone aren't doing as, as much of you know anything, and it's been a really cool point of connection for people in that they've been able to establish new rhythms of prayer. Um, there's just been a heightened interest in it um, for sure. So, yeah, it's um, good. I also yeah, want to we... say too. Sorry, in the comments, Jason uh, Jordan, who couldn't, he's part of our community. He couldn't join us uh, here today, but he said that they created something on their website called COVID Care. Um, for people to fill out and to kind of seek out any help, if it's pastoral care, financial, anything like that. So they've kind of put that on uh, like a centralized website. Um, and their, their church is probably four, 500, 600, something like that on a weekend. And so that, that's a centralized way for making sure that people know, hey, here's a, here's a central place that you can come. If you don't know anybody, if you don't know how to reach out, um, if there's a need, um, I think that's a really good idea as well. So Yeah. Yeah, a couple of the things that we did, we the first week this went down, we created a card for all of our people that you could leave on neighbor's doorsteps. And so just a little thing to say, hey, does anybody need somebody to go get groceries? Does anybody need help? Does anybody need prayer? Uh, we're here to help. 
we, and we kind of really hit the idea of just reaching out to the most vulnerable among us, uh, reaching out to, you know, single moms, reaching out to the elderly in our community, um, just doing check-ins there. That's become more difficult as this has spread and also as fear has spread a little more. Uh, in our community, Atlanta's getting hit pretty hard now. Uh, and so that's become a little more difficult. So we created a, uh, 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 text, like a, a phone number that people can reach out to if they need help. Um, the other thing that I was really proud of our, um, our board was, uh, our, our board gathered together and just said, Hey, in a, in a season of scarcity and fear, we're going to model a different way. Uh, and so we're going to, um, we're going to also, we're going to model a different way. And what we're going to do is we're going to, um, we're going to double the amount of money that we give away every week for benevolence. And so we, we doubled the amount. So, um, we're taking about 25% of our budget every week and immediately giving it out to needs that are directly in our community. So we've got a lot of people that have lost jobs. Uh, we got a lot of people who have, um, in so many ways, are in need of help and service. And so um, each week we've got a care team that's discerning how we give away that 25% of the budget, which has been really fun uh, to see and really useful to watch uh, and, and, uh, and fun for us to, to kind of be able to pray and say, all right, Lord, like, how are you asking us to serve this week? And, and what does that look like? Uh, Easter, guys. Easter is coming. Uh, and, uh, what the heck do we do with Easter? <laughs> Does anybody have any idea? I I'm only doing this actually so that I can get some ideas for Easter. Um, uh, every, a lot of pastors are asking us like, Hey, how do we, you know, how do we do Easter? Easter feels like it needs to be special. It feels like we need to put on our a game in some way. It feels like the church needs to be gathered in some way. Like how are, what are you guys thinking about and what are you doing for Easter? Please tell me. I know, I know for us, so my family, we have six kids that we just were kind of thrown into homeschooling six kids, which is a nightmare. Um, and, and I know for me as a parent, I don't want anything else added to me. I actually want whatever prepackaged you can give me right now that, because I just, I can't add anything else. Um, and so kind of empathizing with that, um, we just went, how do we help people ha cultivate some new traditions this year because we're in a new season and how do we actually try and prepackage anything up? And so we're, we're still in the midst of kind of creating it, but I, over the next few days, we'll have something online where it is a here register for your in-home Easter experience with mosaic. We'll give you the, the live stream link. We'll give you a seven day uh, devotional to walk through with your family from Palm Sunday to Easter. We'll give you a Spotify playlist for Easter music at home. We have one of, we have a top chef finalist that goes to our church. Who's videotaping a couple uh, of his recipes with his kids as he's cooking. We'll give you those. We're just trying to go, Hey, let, let us give you some prepackaged stuff so that you can, potentially choose to create some new um new traditions in a new season because what else are you gonna do so that's <laughs> yeah that's what we're looking at doing right now yeah that's great dan one of the one of the things i'm seeing a lot of pastors do as we talk with pastors is they they have more time on their hands right now 
and they're feeling a little bit of attention. I think there's some personal kairoses going around, around like, I've got to create something, I've got to make something. And so I'm seeing a lot of over-programming right now where you're asking your church to do something like every day of the week or creating like 14 new Bible studies that you're doing, uh, all of those kinds of things. So I love your wisdom there, Dan, of like bite-sized pieces, like let's create some rhythms that are helpful, um, but let's not over-program people or let's actually allow people to breathe during this season um, rather than recreating some kind of smorgasbord of events that the church is doing or some kind of giant menu uh, that the church is doing. So love that advice. Uh, Nate, what about you, bud? What are you guys thinking about? Yeah. So well, I'll just say, first off, I, I agree. There's a ton of pastors who are asking this question. I hosted yesterday a, uh, a Zoom conference for 19 pastors across the country, just brainstorming ideas for, you know, Holy Week and, and Easter. Um, and some great stuff came out of that. Uh, so I'll say for us, what we're doing with Good Friday, um, we're just going to uh, write up a liturgy for folks to use at home on Good Friday. That's going to be John 18 and John 19 broken up into different sections and sort of a, a, a tenebrae service that people can do. So a diminishing light service with seven different sections. So they see seven candles. Uh, and after each movement, they extinguish a candle. And we're going to allow families, give families some different options. Uh, one option would be that they do it all in one setting, which would take 20, 25 minutes or something like that. Another setting, which I really like, is to experience the fullness of that day. Uh, and so start it in the morning, do one movement, you know, take five minutes or whatever, extinguish a candle, let those candles burn all day, and then come back in a couple hours, extinguish the next one, so on and so forth. So then by the time you get to the nighttime, then you're extinguishing that last candle. Um, and then what I think we're going to do for Easter, we're going to do a, a live stream service as well, but really push into the idea that the morning of the resurrection was a time of confusion. It was a time of uncertainty. It was in a time of not even really understanding what resurrection meant. And then leaning into the church calendar with uh, Eastertide and, and all the way to Pentecost, allowing that to inform this period of time, uh, hopefully as we gain understanding of where we are. Um, and then one other small thing when it comes to the candles, we're going to get luminary bags and send those to every family so that they can light a candle and put it outside as just a, a, a symbol of uh, the light shining in the darkness yeah, of the beautiful. world right now. So Yeah, mm. it's great. Love it, Nate. I, I really love, Nate, the theological connection you're making there, because some people have had a really hard time trying to figure out, like, Easter is supposed to be this great celebration, and, you know, like, we're all going to be, there's all this confusion and uncertainty, mm -hmm. and how do we celebrate Easter? You know, it's kind of a Psalm 130, is it Psalm 137? Like, how can we sing the song of the Lord, you know, in, in captivity? It's kind of how yeah. we feel, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Love, I love how you've connected it to, like, the, fir the first disciples had no idea what was going on. I mean, it took the church hundreds of years to, to work out the theology of, like, yeah. what? It just happened, you know? <laughs> so I, I love the idea that we, that we can press into that confusion of saying, and maybe we could even relate it and say, like, do we actually know what resurrection means? Do we mm -hmm. really understand what this is? Or, you know, is this just like a convenient, happy ending to Lent, you know? So I, I right. love that you're doing that. That's given me, a, that's given me some, uh, some ideas as well. So thanks, cool. man. That's the only reason we're doing this forum. Ideas for the We need for the ideas. We ideas, need for ideas. The bench. ideas for the bench. Uh, Kristen, what about you guys? What are you guys thinking about for Easter? Well, we just started talking and, you know, throwing around hundreds of ideas. So one thing that we landed on is we've always done yard signs, you know, the week, couple weeks leading up to Easter to, you know, Anthem House, blah, 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 blah. 
so the idea was, uh, what if we did yard signs that faced inward and you go like my family would get yard signs. We have one, two, we have five neighbors right here. We're on a busy street. Uh, so my family would get five yard signs and it would say, God is making a way Isaiah 43, whatever, and enough message for us to put a message on there for them. And instead of facing them out, we'll face them in. Uh, so they become a message from, from us to our neighbors because we can't really talk to them minus like social media. Um, but their kids are out playing in the yard. Our kids are outside. We can't really cross paths. It's kind of a weird place to be in, but a way for us to communicate like, hey, it's Easter. We're thinking about you. We love you. We got you. Um, God's got this. So we're going to do that. Then we. Um, how, how are people getting the signs, Kristen? Are so they going to pick up do a pickup at the church or something yeah, yeah we're just gonna have a have them piled out and they can just go pull up and pick them up go back home um as long as as long as we're allowed to do that as of right now we can do that should things yeah. change we'll have to figure something else out um and then we talked about our conversation about being online is really like we got to keep it we got to keep it simple and we got to keep it short because the majority of our families have lots of children and they're young and so the idea of like Easter for them this year is going to look like sitting on their couch. Um, a lot of like, I'm going to have to wake my kids up out of bed. Um, so depending on the ages of your kids, you're either going to be waking them up or you're going to be trying to calm them down. And so the last thing they can do is sit through a 40 minute worship set and a 30 minute talk. So what does it look like to tell the resurrection story in a way that gets a kid's attention, um, but also speaks to an adult in the room. Uh, and it, it just feels like family to us. So how would we share this with our family? Um, we talked about doing like a foot washing, like go Facebook live for a foot washing, invite families. This is what you need. This is what this looks like, a communion. Um, we did have plans to do, before all of this happened, we were going to open up the building on Friday night and do the passion of the Christ for like uh, teenagers to adults. Um, and so we were trying to throw around, like, I don't know if you know, um, like Netflix is doing these like movie parties where you can like watch movies at the same time as your friends and like your kind of your faces on the screen or whatever, and you can talk and watch the movie or, so we're trying to toss around the idea of, is there a way, cause it's not on Netflix, but is there a way to still get that movie into the homes of the families of our church that would like to do that and continue to do what we had planned to do or not? That's great. That's great. Good stuff. Gino, what about you guys? What are you guys thinking? Um, so not to be cheeky at all, but my plan is to proclaim um, that Jesus is the Savior <laughs> King and by whatever means we have necessary. Not that anyone else wouldn't be doing that. So, But, but I, I, we're taking into consideration that, that um, the church as people is struggling and hurting in different ways just because we are as people. And so my job isn't to fix that. It's just to proclaim good news into that. And so what does it look like to do that in this, this situation? We were planning on having our space as like an art gallery during the week. Um, we were going to do a Stations of the Cross and a meditative time through that. So we're just putting that online and writing a script for it so people can do that at their leisure if that's something that works in their their family's new rhythms. We have four kids at home, so it's a it's it's a different life right now too for us. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have a good Good Friday. Uh, my friend Michael Gonzalez is gonna um, proclaim good news on Good Friday in the midst of that, and then I'll just do uh, Sunday. We'll do that on Zoom. We're, we're small enough to do that to have that kind of interaction as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's great. Love it. Love it. We're doing Stations of the Cross also. We're going to record a podcast nice. uh, with the Stations of the Cross on it and uh, just different voices from people from our church and ask people to actually take a walk while they listen to it yeah. uh, and press pause at certain spots and kind of just get outside, get in touch with uh, their nature and the world and have some quiet time uh, for the Stations of the Cross. We're, uh, we're lucky enough to be a part of a family of churches. So we've got eight churches. Uh, so we're all kind of partnering on Easter and kind of leaning into some of the larger churches who have a little more tech capacity uh, than some of the smaller churches and who are able to um, do some recordings and those kinds of things. So we've created a kind of an Easter gathering service that's going to be pre-recorded. We're preaching uh, John 20. Uh, the upper room. Uh, and so the, the quarantine room of the disciples. Uh, and then when Jesus walks into the room, his first words are peace be with you. Mm-hmm. And then he reminds them of their mission. And uh, so we, we kind of felt like Easter this year is Jesus walking into our homes and saying, peace be with you. And uh, the mission hasn't ended. Uh, and so that's the message we're kind of bringing to our people. Uh, ben, any thoughts from you guys? Anything you guys are doing? Um, at, at this point, you know, I think, I think we will probably do, um, for Easter itself, uh, we'll just, we'll just gather as we have been. Um, I think Matt's on to preach. And so, you know, we'll, you know, do, I, I, I resonate with your answer, Gino. It's just like, well, we'll just do what we normally do, which is have church and proclaim the resurrection. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but we will, um, you know, we share space with another church. And so our, our typical, our special services, our Good Fridays, our Monday, Thursdays, Easter Vigil, those kinds of things have, have usually needed to be in partnership with this other church. Um, and, you know, of course, nobody's at that building right now. And so I think what, I think it's, what it's done for us is freed us up to feel like, okay, I think we can do our own Monday, Thursday. I think we'll do a Good Friday service of some kind. We haven't decided if we're going to do Stations of the Cross or Tenebrae, like you're doing, Nate, or... Or just, you know, out of our prayer book. Um, and then I, I think I'd like to try to do some kind of an Easter vigil. This was, this was going to be the first year that we did an Easter vigil on Saturday night. Um, but now that, you know, everything's happened, uh, it's sort of, on the one hand, it feels like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do it. But on the other hand, it's actually easier to gather. In, in one sense, it's easier to gather. And so I thought, well, why not? You know, some, some people will show up. Yeah. Um, and so, so anyway, that's been an interesting thing. I, I think we'll probably just do those three services online, um, and then do, do Easter Sunday the way we've been doing it for the past three Sundays, um, which has been, you know, just on, on a zoom call. We're, we're similar position to you, Gino, where we are small enough that everybody can get, just get on one call. Um, <laughs> most people are well-behaved enough that we can just, you know, we can trust people to just mute themselves and, and we can just sort of have church together. It's fairly interactive. It's back and forth. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's great. Uh, One of the questions we're getting a lot from pastors, and I'd love just to hear from a couple of you on this one, uh, is how are how are you talking about giving uh, in this season? Uh, I know finances are challenging uh, for all churches, but it feels a little slimy when all of your people are losing their jobs to be like, hey, give us your money. Uh, so how do we talk about finances in this? Um, I know there's a lot of news coming out about stimulus packages that are available for pastors. Um, Ben, it might be good for us to put some of that in the Friday links, uh, just some information about, uh, so I know there's a lot of good resources, webinars, things that have been done on that right now. Um, but particularly how are, how are we, how are you guys talking to your people about giving, um, and how are you talking about finances and those kinds of things in this season? 
Well, I, I can share. We're talking about it is just acknowledging the reality that we still have overhead. And so we've been really honest about that. Um, but then we've also been framing it as uh, we want to have resources on hand to help out the, the needs that are going to arise. Uh, and they're going to become more acute the further we get into this. And so that's really how we've we've been framing it. So uh, both thanking people for the generosity that have allowed us to have the resources on hand to make the just, uh, adjustments we've needed to in terms of getting online and, and what that's take, taken and then acknowledging the reality of what's, what's going to happen here and, and a little bit and then what we'll need for that. Yeah, it's good. It, it does feel balance. Uh, you, you want people to know that uh, the dollars that they're tithing are actually going to serve people who are sick and who are suffering and who are hurting. Uh, mm -hmm. And so you want to communicate that. But also, like, I, I feel like there's some slimy ways that churches are kind of like putting all their press clippings of all the good deeds that they're doing in the community out. Uh, and I feel like there's a tricky balance for me where uh, I, I want to communicate that what we're doing with the dollars is not just paying staff and not just paying for a building and buying a new fog machine, which we don't have a fog machine, but I, I want to help people to know that that's not what we're doing with their dollars. But at the same time, I, I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to kind of parade out doing and all the ways that we're serving it. And so there, it feels like a little bit of a tension, uh, for me in that as well. Anybody else have any thoughts on how to deal with that tension or what they're doing in this season? Um, I mean, we, one, there's some really practical stuff that we, where I feel like right now I can speak really strongly and directly to people that I know have consistent incomes coming in um, and steward resources appropriately because so many are highly vulnerable and are going to need some of those resources. So for me, that gives me some confidence to speak to some of those. Um, like, Fergus, thank you get online. <laughs> like, like now's the time to give online. Yes. Nobody's yeah. a dummy. So they all know why, right? Like it's, it's just important to like, Hey, seize the opportunity to do this. Uh, I've actually taken this opportunity to, to be mentored by a, a senior pastor who is very good financially because the reality is a lot of our churches are going to go through financial struggles here. Um, and I, I need help with that. Um, I need help when it comes to really a lot of the details of, of kind of what's the burn rate here? What's, what's, what's this looking like when I know 12 of our leaders lost their job last week. Um, so I'm just looking at it as a way to, to, to be pastored and led by people that are better at this than me. And then I'd say the last thing I had a mentor of mine in, in the world of finances, just go, Dan, you are a high vision. You're an apostolic high vision leader. He's like, I have no doubt, you know, right now how this church can grow. You're going to want to lead with vision in this season. Don't do it. People are in trauma. People need to be pastored. Don't you dare talk vision or apostolic vision in this season. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like just pastor them. Yeah, that's good, Dan. Really good. Good wisdom. Good wisdom. There's a, there's a tricky balance there too of like how how much apostolic you know impulse do we hold back during this season and and what does all of that look like? And there's a there's a pastoral sensitivity 
uh, in all of this that I think is growing in all of us. I, I felt my pastoral sensitivities kind of rise uh, in this season, which has been really helpful for me, I think, in, in the way that I pastor my people. Mm-hmm. Um, last, it felt like for me, as, as I've been talking to pastors this week, that this week in particular, fatigue is really setting in. Uh, I, I think the first few weeks were just adrenaline. It was just like, hey, let's get this done, right? Let's let's figure out new ways to do it. And everybody was kind of operating on, on adrenaline. And now Easter's in front of us and it feels like fatigue has set in. Uh, I, I wonder, how are, you, how are you guys, what are you doing for just self-care right now um, to care for yourself? And what are some healthy rhythms that you're putting in place for you so that you don't burn out in the midst of this? I, I'm sensing a lot of fatigue. Um, not just from pastors, but from our people at home as well. And so I think we've got an opportunity to model healthy self-care uh, and to model a uh, kind of healthy rhythms of connecting with God and to each other. So uh, what what are you guys doing for self-care right now? Well, I'll, I'll say for us, it's a, it's a couple of things. Number one, uh, we set a family routine. Uh, so reestablished a new rhythm for our entire family that includes, you know, my wife helping the kids do schoolwork and includes me work time, you know, my time to work. Uh, and then, you know, so like, for example, nine o'clock or eight thirty, we do chores in the morning for half an hour. And then nine o'clock, she starts doing some schoolwork with the kids. I come in and work at 1030. We take a break and we go exercise as a family, whether it's taking a walk, if it's nice out or doing yoga or some other stuff in, in, the, in the basement. Uh, those types of things have been really helpful. And just having that rhythm that lets everybody get what they need. Um, so that's, that's one thing that, that I found really, really helpful. Uh, the other is I took up a project. Uh, I'm building a garden in the backyard and doing garden boxes and doing that with my oldest son, who's 10. So uh, those types of things have been really uh, helpful in terms of just providing some sense of normalcy and outlet that isn't ministry related. Yeah, great. I, I think that's probably the most important advice we can give is create daily rhythms uh, I've really worked really hard and my wife helps me a lot with this, uh, but on creating a start time and an end time for the day is these are my office hours and then I'm clocked out at this point. And so the, the laptop goes away. I stop responding to emails and text unless it's an emergency uh, at a certain time. Um, the, I think that when you work at home or when you work online all day or just on Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting, there's a, there's an impulse that says like, Hey, just keep, you're just on call 24 hours. And, and so I would set some boundaries in that area. If I was a pastor, I would say, Hey, at four o'clock, five o'clock, whatever that time that is, uh, I'm done working for the day and yeah. I'm going to be with family. Um, and I amen to projects. I, uh, I put a hardwood floor on our back patio over the weekend. I've been, I've been working. Our house looks better than it's ever looked like <laughs> our house is amazing right now and we don't want to be in it. So I think everybody's houses are going to be like in this amazing state, but then we're going to just be anxious to be somewhere else and ready to, to be somewhere else. Uh, what about the rest of you self care guys? What are some things that you're doing in this season? Uh, well, so I'm a, a three on the Enneagram. So the first thing I had to do was um, tell my achiever that this was not the season to accomplish a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but I also have teenagers in my house. And so if my, my super social 15 year old who for the first three weeks couldn't believe that I was not going to give in and let her go to her friend's house um, is really experiencing a loss of disconnection and zoom meetings and like, 
young life and all the things that she's a part of. And so, um, I just had to let go. Like I'm, I'm a very scheduled person. I get up at the same time every day. I pretty much am in a routine of what, what it looks like to work out and to, you know, be on calls and all that stuff. And I had to kind of let go of trying and wanting to schedule them and they are doing it. Like she's still asleep right now. She sleeps till about lunchtime every day. And then she wants to work out and I've waited all my life for her to want to work out with me. And so now my workout doesn't happen at seven in the morning. It happens in the middle of the stinking day, which is not exactly when I want to do it, but it's when my 15 year old wants to do it with me. And so the invitation is to be present with my family. Uh, So I've shifted my, uh, my schedule to fit where my kids are thriving and my youngest will want to go on a bike ride around two every day, which undoubtedly I'll have some meeting somewhere or something that I could be doing that I have just, I've literally just set that aside for this space. And, um, and my husband travels. And so he's home, which is a gift. Like we don't ever have Dave all week long. We've already put a roof on our back porch and, uh, Ella's got these big ideas about her bathroom. So we're just soaking up the time together as a family, like the four of us around a table, multiple nights in a row, that doesn't ever happen. Um, We have soccer and cheerleading and Dave's gone and church stuff. And uh, so I have tried to, my self-care is focused on being present with them in this space. And I want them to look back and like realize like, well, that was really valuable time. That was really fun. I actually, I want my 15 year old to want to work out with me when this is over and we don't need a pandemic for her to invite me into a workout. Um, So that's kind of my mind shift. I've had to, focus my achiever into just like, can I just achieve Shalom with my family? Yeah, it's great. Really good. I I think what, I think one of the things that's happening in this is this is revealing Kairos is in us. Uh, And like, I, I, I've been really keenly aware that one of the lies I've been telling myself is if I work harder, uh, I can lessen the impact of this for my family and for my church. And so it's a little bit of that achiever in me also, but it's kind of like if I create the best care structures and if I, you know, if I do all of these things and we create all of these rhythms and, and if I just work hard enough, then everybody's going to be OK, which is a little bit of a savior complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and and so I've just been like speaking to that lie over and over mm-hmm. and over again of uh, I, I need to pastor and love and care for my people. But there's there's nothing in me that that is supposed to save everybody or rescue everybody in this moment. And so I think for all of us, this is revealing Kairos is about the way that we work and what we believe about ourselves and about God and about ministry. And I just want to encourage you to be be attentive to those Kairos like uh, talk to them, talk, talk to others about what you're experiencing and uh, and name that stuff. Begin to recognize what the lie sounds like in your life. And uh, if you're looking for a place to process that stuff, we would love to talk to you about gravity leadership cohorts. That's what we do every day. And our cohorts, I don't know about you, Ben and, and Dan and Kristen, if you guys are leading cohorts right now, but our mm-hmm. cohorts have been amazing the last few weeks because uh, yeah. there's so many Kairoses that are being birthed out of this. Yep. And people are just loving being together with a group of pastors and having a place to speak and talk about those things. Yes. It's been a lifeline for the people in my cohorts. They, they really, um, I mean, that's, you know, there's busyness that sets in that, that sometimes doesn't allow people to come, but, um, but they really miss it when they're not there. They, they, they say that this is, this is an environment I need, um, more of. So. Yeah. I'll add one thing to that too. I've had to do this is just get off of Facebook 
Um, I think it's amazing the amount of content that pastors are putting out there. Um, and my Facebook feed is filled with it just because I have so many friends who are in the ministry. But at the same time, it has put a burden on me to say, oh, I, should I be doing that as well? And there has mm. to become a point where you just say, OK, I'm going to run my race and feed my congregation the way that I know best and and not try to do everything that I see everybody else doing or to the production standard that others are. So for me, I've actually part of my self-care is just getting off of Facebook in particular. Yes, that's great. Comparison comparison stuff is huge right now, I think, and everybody watching what everybody else yeah. is doing. Yeah, yeah, you see everybody doing what they're doing in a way you haven't been able to in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah it's very interesting. Also, uh, I do think there's – go ahead, Ben. I was just going to say that that also relates to something Edwin – if you guys have ever read Edwin Friedman on leadership, some brilliant mm-hmm. stuff. One of the things he says is when you're leading in, in these kinds of crises moments when, when adaptive leadership is required, when you don't have the expertise to get through it, you don't have a previous you know, time in your life when you're like, oh, I remember what I did. I know what to do. So like every leader is now being thrown into, like, I don't know what to do. Nobody knows what to do. Like, this has never happened in this kind of era before. Um, and one of the, one of the fallacies of leadership is that I will know what to do if I just gather a little bit more information, Mm -hmm. if I can just read a little bit more about this, if I can just understand a little bit more about what's happening, if I can just see a little bit more of what other churches are doing, then I'll have an idea of, of what to do. Um, and it's just a fallacy. Like you won't like, and so that it is actually a really important self-care and leadership Mm -hmm. practice to turn it off and say, I don't need more information right now. Yes. I, need, I need to take a step. I need to make an, I, I need to open up in vulnerability to the people that I'm leading. I need to say, I don't know what I'm doing and invite people into like, let's take a step. Where do we go from here? Um, yeah. and then we, and then we make more observations and we take another step, that kind of thing. So I, I think that's I really good. The invitation to me, Ben, along the lines of that is almost like, what do our people already have inside of them? Like yes. they, when everything is stripped away, when they, when they have nothing left, they actually have everything that they need inside of them. And so right. how do we partner with this time to awaken the fact that they don't, they don't need a building. They don't need a stage. They don't need a preacher. They don't like, they don't need what they think they need. Like they mm. can open their Bible. They can, they worship lives inside of them. The word is alive to them. The invitation mm. is before them. And so on the other side of this, are there daily disciplines that actually transform the rest of their lives because they realize like they have the foundation to survive because it lives inside of them. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, There's, there's so much Hebrew stuff happening right now where part of the pastoral work that I think we need to do right now is name what is being shaken that needs to be shaken Mm -hmm. and what is unshakable. I I feel Mm -hmm. like that's, uh, that's been a lot of my pastoral work right now Mm -hmm. is, a lot of these kairoses that we're having as, as leaders and that our people are having are things that are being shaken that probably need to be shaken and need to be given up on. And then mm. there's the unshakable things that we need to hold on to and grab onto. And so helping people navigate that space and name what's being shaken and what's the purpose of that shaking, uh, I think is really, really important right now and, yeah. and really helpful for us. Yeah, another way to, to frame that, sorry, uh, another way to frame that is like, what am I responsible for versus what am I responsible to? Um, yes. And I think that that's, really that's being clarified both for us as pastors, but then also for our people as well, that there is this sense in which they are having to take more responsibility for their faith, which they've always 
should have been taking, but even more so now they can, they actually feel that. And, and that's really, really good. So I think that's a helpful frame too. Mm-hmm. Hey, the, the one can. thing, oh, Go ahead, uh, yeah. the one thing that I just, I, I feel like probably needs to be said is that there, there's all these really good things, embracing limitations, staying off Facebook, um, all these practices that are really good and important. I think for me, what's been important is just to remind myself that this is crazy and I am going to fail like crazy through this and it is going to be messy. Um, And my kids are probably going to not like me a lot, a lot of these first few days and Mm -hmm. even changing a rule of life doesn't happen overnight, Mm -hmm. right? Like changing your rule of life does not happen in a week. It doesn't happen in 30 days. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that phrase that we often use with gravity of like, Jesus expects me to sin more than I expect myself to sin. Mm. Like just to remind myself there's grace. And, 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 and like for a lot of people in a lot of cities, you haven't even hit the first wave of deaths. Yeah. And so you just kind of got to pause and go, Hey, listen, we're going to screw this up big time. And Jesus Mm. still loves us and is with us. And you come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Uh, to that point as well, for, for me personally, just as self-care is um, take a nap, go to bed when I'm tired. Don't keep, I actually, I haven't taken a nap yet, but that idea is becoming more something that I can embrace and say, it is not up to me to figure out how to care for everyone in our church or neighborhood. It's, um, that's a, that's a wrong myth to believe in right now. Yeah. And yeah. the more information that I take in is not going to provide me with better answers for things that I'm not responsible for doing. So I'm going to go to sleep and trust that God is still God. Yeah. That's for good word. Good words, guys. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. We're, we're getting, we're right at the 55 minute mark. Uh, so we appreciate you guys joining us. I, I want to just give us a, a, a benediction for today, if that's all right. Um, uh, how about we go to Colossians chapter one, uh, verse nine, and let that be our benediction. Let that be the prayers for our churches, the prayers for our homes, the prayers for our ministries and the prayers for our people. My dog is getting into the prayers as well. They're very Holy Spirit led. Uh, Verse nine, it says, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience and joy and giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Uh, May that be the truth of our homes. May all those things increase in our ministries and in our lives. Uh, We love you guys. Amen. 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 Thanks everybody for being here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Peace y'all. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.